This message was presented at the GYC 2010 No Turning Back Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. What we're doing is we're having um, a little question and answer session with some women who have some experience between balancing what it means to be a mother and other callings that God may have on our life. Um, and so we're just going through introducing ourselves. And Judy Ramos, Kathy Iriziri, and Nicole Parker are telling us a little bit about themselves. So go ahead, Judy. You can finish now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually got married um, kind of early. And so right after my first year of teaching, I was married and that was, I was 22 years old. And then I taught for a couple more years, and then we had our first son, and at that point we made, well, I personally made a decision because I was personally convicted that I, I wanted to be home with my kids. I didn't want to work. Um, so uh, right now we have three sons. We live in the UP in the country. My husband's a pastor. And so I pretty much stay at home um, with my three boys. They're ages four, three, and one. But I do work part-time for GYC, so I do answer your phone calls and info but I enjoy that because um, I can be at home with my boys as well. So, yeah. Well, I'm Kathy Rizari. Once again, I'm a family practice physician. Um, when I finished college, I was single, and I went directly to mission service. That was my dream. I was always planning to be a missionary. Unfortunately, you all now have so many options. Mm -hmm. Uh, all these AFM and extreme, all, all these different things. Back in my day, there was the General Conference Mission Board, period. And they wouldn't send a single woman to some wild place, which was my desire. Um, I was called to Puerto Rico, where I taught nursing and Antillian College. I loved it. It was very satisfying. Uh, but the Lord gave me, through providential guidance, a very direct call for medicine, that there is a tremendous need for women to take care of women's needs. Again, mm -hmm. remember, this is several years ago. Now there is an abundance of women physicians, but back then there were not. Mm -hmm. And so I received a very direct call from the Lord uh, to go back and take medicine, and that's, that's a story in itself, so I won't go through that here. But I went back to, to Loma Linda to take medicine. I also got married back there to a man like-minded, um, desire for mission service uh, to serve, and also took medicine. And um, I also had the strong conviction that I did not want to mix mothering with work. In other words, if I'd have gotten pregnant during my schooling, I would have quit because it was that important to me to be able to be a stay-home mom. Uh, we started our family as I was finishing residency, and we were again slated to answer a mission call, which we did. We accepted a call for one physician, and um, we had our, our firstborn when we went to mission service, and I worked two days a week, and my husband took care of the children, and we had a second one there. Uh, so I was able to be a full-time mom, or at least coverage full-time for the children, and that was special time for my husband to spend with the children. Mm -hmm. We never had to use a sitter. Mm -hmm. I have never done full-time family practice. I will just say that right up front. That might not be, might be the ideal for some, but for me it was just right. Um, it's been very special to be a mom at home with the kids. 
but also to be able to meet needs in medicine. And the Lord has led for changes over time. I love health education, and as there has been more and more, there have been so many more women available to serve in medicine, um, my move has been much more towards uh, health educator and also doing, being, working as a Bible worker with our church, our local church, being involved that way. I still do maintain uh, some work out of the office doing disability determinations and consults for my husband. Um, but it's, it's, it's been beautiful. Now, I realize that there are those that out of necessity have to be in the workforce. They cannot, um, they cannot stay home. But I had that luxury, shall I say, in, in that we did not depend on my income um, for our sustenance. So it was very special to be able to be a stay-home mom. I have two wonderful children, by the way. How many not-so-wonderful ones? <laughs> Just two wonderful ones. Aww. I have three wonderful children, and some days I have two and a half. But, <laughs> but they're, they're, all, they're all very lively. My children are seven, five, and almost four right now. Um, I started out in ministry long before I got married, I graduated from college at 21 with a degree in Bible work, which will earn you $1,000 a month, just the same as if you had no degree, but anyway, <laughs> that's what I had. And I worked for two years as a dental receptionist in an evangelistic dental office in Amity, Arkansas, and then I moved to my dream job. I was deaning um, in a small evangelistic Bible college. for So I was a, an assistant girls dean, and then the girls' dean for four years, and I was colportering with the students, and just, I had a wonderful life. I remember waking up every morning feeling like, wow, I can't believe I'm paid to do this. I would pay to do this, and every day I get up to do my favorite job. I loved my work. I loved spending time with these students and getting out and going door to door with them and just seeing God do deep things in their hearts and their lives. It was an amazing ministry. So much so that when I was three years into that wonderful job and I met this wonderful guy, I wasn't really sure that I wanted to get married because, you know, that could really mess with my life. But eventually I saw the Lord leading and this wonderful man became my husband a year later, at which point I quit my job and I moved to Africa where he was ministering. And we lived there for nine months. But he was Zimbabwean and he was working in South Africa and when his visa in South Africa ran out, uh, about the same time, Amazing Facts had called us to move there, so we saw the Lord's hand in that, and we moved to California from Africa, and I began teaching at Weimar Academy, so I taught English. I was also teaching English comp and research and literature when I was a girl's dean, so I taught English in the academy there for one year, and during that year, I got pregnant with our, our first child, our daughter, and so when I had my daughter, I stayed home from then on. I've been a stay-at-home mom ever since then. And, you know, it's full-time ministry. I want you to know that. Amen. Being at home with your children is full-time ministry, but it's a very different kind of ministry than what I was used to. I was used to doing a ministry that I felt like, wow, I was born for this. This is amazing. I love doing it. And parenting, at least for me, was more like a, wow, God, this is grinding off all the parts of me that shouldn't be here. <laughs> It, it wasn't this, wow, I was born for this job. I love my children. I love parenting. But it was very challenging for me, a very outgoing person who likes to be in frontline evangelism, to be staying at home, washing dishes, 
learning to cook like for enjoyment because I realized I was going to spend 60% of my waking hours in the kitchen. I might as well learn to like it. <laughs> and, you know, it, so it's been a very different ministry. I discovered that, you know, I'd always thought I'm the kind of person who loves a challenge. I wanted to be out there in the mission field. I used to sleep without a pillow when I was in college because I was getting ready for the mission field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I was thinking of all these poor homeless people who are out there who don't even have blankets. I, I couldn't give up my blankets. I needed to get a good night's sleep, but I could give up my pillow. You know, it, I, I loved it. I craved the challenge. But I found out when I was parenting that I'm not actually a person who loves a challenge. I'm a person who loves conquering a challenge, and there's a big difference between the two. In parenting, this is the most challenging job I've ever had, and yet I never conquer the challenges. All, all I have to do all day long is have a clean house and obedient children, and yet my house is never fully clean, and my children are never fully obedient. <laughs> so all day, every day, I told my husband, you know, I feel like every morning I wake up, and on the beach of this river, and I wade into the water, and I swim upstream all day as hard as I can. And at the end of the day, I crawl out exhausted. And if I'm lucky, I'm at the same place I was when I woke up this morning. <laughs> a lot of days, I, I am swept way downstream. And even if I get a few feet up the river, it doesn't matter, because tomorrow I'll be swept way downstream. <laughs> That's kind of how the home ministry is. But I, you know, not everybody's experience is that way. And I had three children in less than three and a half years. So I was lucky to eat and sleep. My midwives told me, when your children are this close, all you need to do is make sure that everyone is safe and fed. If they're all safe and fed, you have had a good day. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, for your, thank you for your introduction. And so now we just we want to open the floor to questions. And it could be anything relevant to what we've talked about in the different seminars. To be fair, Kathy's the only one who sat through every single seminar, I think, I haven't, wasn't even here for all of them. I had a couple of meetings I had to run to. But we can answer questions that you may still have from any of the other seminars, but also any questions you have specific to their experiences. Um, like I said, I'm not married and I don't have children, so I can't give answers to those. But I know my mom has lots of experiences. She has amazing parents. <laughs> so Judy just reminded me, I could tell like yes. what, what my mom did. Mm -hmm. Her situation was that she wanted to stay home with me. I'm an only child. She wanted to stay home with me while I was growing up, but she was unable to because my family couldn't afford it. And so um, she had to work. She was a teacher at an Aventus school system. But it all worked out because when you're done at school, at the Aventus elementary school, and it's next door to the Aventist academy, you walk over and you sit in your mom's office all day. And so your mom is still <laughs> able to spend time with you and watch over you. So that was my mom's experience. Um, so if, if I think that there's anything I remember her doing that will help, I'll share that with you. And hopefully she doesn't mind. I didn't ask her permission. <laughs> but let's just go ahead and open the floor. I'll repeat your questions just so that the recording has it. And then um, mm -hmm. we'll give some answers. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. the question was, what was it that brought about um, the conviction for any one of these ladies to make that decision to stay at home and to take mm -hmm. care of their children to give up the job that they had? Okay, I, um, I was raised in an Adventist home. Um, my parents are Adventists, except I never went to Adventist Academy, and I didn't do much studying on my own. So when I got married, um, I started reading, or before I got married, actually, before we were married, we just read through Adventist Home. I never read it before. Like, I was never required to read it in Academy or whatever. And it was just so eye-opening for me, actually, um, because I, the standard was so amazingly high 
you know, reading Adventist Home. And um, I just felt like so overwhelmed, actually. But it was really when I, when I was pregnant, and I was like, I really need to get on this, you know. So I started studying like crazy, and I read Child Guidance. I think now I think I've read it cover to cover like six times. And parts and pieces, like discipline, that chapter on discipline, I've read that like five million times. <laughs> you know? But I, um, one thing I appreciate about my mother is she actually told me, you know, when I was raising you guys, I was going crazy. She was working full time, you know, we were so poor. And she said, you know, so when I had child, you know, I knew like, I couldn't just go to her and be like, mom, you know, when, you, when I was two, what was I doing? She had no clue. She's like, I don't remember anything. Just go study, you, you know, study the books, read the Bible, do your thing. And so with that, that was actually the best thing I think my mother could have done for me is tell me that, to say, I don't know. You study yourself because I started studying like crazy because I was so insecure. I'm like, I can never be an Adventist mom. I don't know what I'm doing. So anyway, after reading Adventist Home and Child Guidance, like studying it like crazy, um, I knew, you know, I knew, you know, the Lord gave me these these children. Um, you know, he, he gave them to me as gifts, and he's trusting me to lead them to him. And I knew if I wasn't right, you know, first of all, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fulfill that. But... Um, but I'm, you know, parents are the ones who love their children the most. You know, of course, God loves them the most. But I feel like, you know, when you have kids, they're, they're special to you. No, no other people will really treat them like, because you're responsible. You're fully responsible for them. And I knew that, you know, um, with the Lord's help, you know, I, like, that's what I had to do. You know, I, know, I knew it was the best thing for me to do because um, I have investment in them, you know. And so I, I um, the Lord, like, it was, it was a challenge. It was a real test, actually, because I wasn't sure if I could quit. I, I, we made that decision while I was pregnant, but actually when, um, right before we had the baby, I was still teaching, and my husband was like a stipend worker, okay, like, you know, like a $1,000 a month thing, and I was working full-time as a teacher, so I, the insurance was actually through me, and so we were just praying and praying, but I was so convicted. Like, I was like, Israel, you know, really... Um, because he was just like, I don't know, maybe I can stay at home, you know, whatever. But I'm like, I really feel, me, like, I feel this burden, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think women have something special. I, I yes. Dads do a, a marvelous job, really. They need dads. But, you know, <laughs> the women, the mother, I think God has given us a special gift, mm-hmm. really. And so it was kind of coming down to the wire. I had to submit my contract. What should I do? Should I work again? Because financially, we needed that. For insurance sake, that's so important, you know, health insurance. We needed that. But um, it came down to, I was just like, we need to trust God, I think. And Israel agreed, you know. Um, but he, <laughs> so when I signed that contract and submitted it, it was actually within like that month when Israel got a call to full time ministry as a pastor, you know. And that was just such confirmation because Israel had never even. You know, like, he wasn't trying. We weren't, like, trying to go out there. We didn't tell people. It was a personal struggle. We just prayed with the Lord. And, and, but God knew, you know. So when that call came, we were so shocked. But then we weren't so shocked because we knew it was all part of the plan, you know. And so I still work full-time, like I said. Or not full-time, part-time at home with GYC. We just keep her so busy it feels like it's full-time. <laughs> yeah, like during registration, I'm pretty much full-time. <laughs> but, um, but I have that because we do... You know, it helps financially, you know, with our home. 
but I, I want to be the one at home with my kids. And I, because I read this like a billion times, I even brought it here in case I need to like pull out notes. <laughs> but but um, this has really changed my perspective and this is like my life calling, I feel, you know. And I think, thank you for sharing that. That goes back to what we were talking about in the previous seminar about how do I know God's will for my life? One of the biggest things is taking that time to study God's word, study right. the spirit of prophecy and pray. And God will impress something on your heart and he'll mm -hmm. send a confirmation. Oh, and you know, I will say this. I, I said this is my life calling. It is. I think I'm going to be a mother, you know, obviously. But <laughs> I think I want to go back to work, you know. I think um, after my kids are grown, um, we're still in the valley of decision as far as homeschool. But, um, yeah, I just feel convicted. Like, I, I would send my children to a school if I knew that the teacher, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a teacher, too, so I'm, like, super picky. I feel like I'd be in the window, like, with binoculars, like, what are they doing? You know, are they? <laughs> but I feel like, um, you know, if there was an amazing teacher that was spiritual, brilliant, you know, read this, you know, had maybe had kids, I don't know, something, I would be willing to send my kids. I don't have a problem with that. But um, only if they would do a better job than me. And I, no, I, I'm, and I'm not. I'm not saying I'm awesome, but I'm just saying honestly. Like, if I know that they're like way better, I will send them. You know, um, and at that point, if they're at school, I think I would like to, to go back to teaching or go back. You know, do what I feel God has called me to do. So, um, I've had the privilege of. Were you wanting to hear from all, or are you satisfied there? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I, yeah, I, I had the privilege <laughs> of coming from a, 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 I guess about as close to ideal home as possible. A mm -hmm. very, very solid two-parent home. My mom was a stay-home mom. She was a tremendous cook. She was loving. She, I mean, you know, it was just, mm -hmm. it couldn't have been more perfect. And I grew up knowing mm -hmm. that I would be a stay-home mom. There was no other way. There was never a question in my mind. And that's why I say if, if during, if I had gotten accidentally pregnant during medical school or residency, mm -hmm. I would have stopped right there because mm -hmm. I was so strongly convicted of that. Mm -hmm. um, and when I said I went to a work two days a week for, it was two half days. My husband was up to two half days, you know, with the children when we went. And that was a beautiful time for him with them. But I was still primary mom. I breastfed both kids. Nothing ever broke that pattern. Um, I did have the privilege of homeschooling my children for a while uh, until I realized that there are those trained as grade school teachers that can organize better than I can with the different temperaments. So we, we opened a very small church school, and I taught language and music at the school and was the school board chairman, so I was there all the time uh, with them, but had an excellent teacher who could organize to meet uh, the other educational needs of the kids. But being, being able to be involved, like mm -hmm. you said there, which was uh, a beautiful thing, mm -hmm. and it was just... To me, it was just never an option that I wouldn't be a stay-home mom uh, because I also had that privilege in, in the way that we were set up that I could do that. My, my heart aches for those that want to be stay-home moms and can't. Yes. Mm -hmm. My heart yes. also aches for those that could be stay-home moms but who choose not yeah. to be. Yeah, and for their children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I guess my path is a little different than you guys because I was never really sure if I was going to be a mom. <laughs> Mm -hmm. My husband and I were kind of like when we were dating, do we want to have children? Mm, I don't know. Because we really, we got married because we could see ourselves as a team in ministry. We loved going out there, giving Bible studies together, going to evangelistic meetings, meeting with young people, doing premarital counseling for people. We had a blast together, just the mm -hmm. two of us. And so we weren't really sure if we wanted to have children. 
But eventually it kind of seemed like it was the right time and my husband's like, you know, if we don't have kids, then, you know, 30 years from now when all of our friends are enjoying grandchildren and they've grown through this experience <laughs> of having children, you know, we're going to be kind of left behind as the people who didn't learn all those lessons and I think we'll regret it. So we decided, well, maybe so. So then we, we kind of went into the parenting thing, not sure if this was really what we wanted to do. But one thing we were very clear on was if we had children, we were raising them ourselves. We weren't going to farm them out to somebody else to raise them. And thankfully, you know, my husband had not quite finished his doctorate by the time we had our daughter. So we did a lot of frantic working on, on that, trying to finish as our daughter was very small. But the Lord really blessed, and I've always been able to stay at home with our kids. We have to pinch pennies. It's not always that we have enough money. You know, a lot of our friends have more money than we do, but that doesn't bother me. I don't mind living with secondhand stuff and going without a lot of things and making a little more beans and potatoes than other people because to me, what's important is that I'm with my children. Amen. And, you know, right now they're with my mom and my family while I'm here at GYC, and my daughter called me yesterday and said, Mommy, I really need you here. I'm not going to be able to keep from crying much longer. <laughs> and I'm glad for that. I'm glad that we're bonded, that she loves to have me there, and she's told me so many times I'm her best friend. Other days I know I'm her worst enemy. So, you know, it, as a parent, I realize you don't get as much affirmation in that ministry as you do in some other ministries. Often your children are the ones who are pushing your boundaries all the time, and, you know, how come you do all those things? Daddy is the one who listens to me and always understands and never disciplines me. Until Daddy's at home with them, and then I'm the one who's out shopping, and Mommy is the one who always listens to me and understands <laughs> and never disciplines me. <laughs> so children are very fickle, and you have to be able to base your identity solidly on what God says about you, rather than going up and down on my children love me, my children hate me. Because if you do that, you won't be able to discipline them you won't be able to be an impartial mother to them. Go ahead. You know, one thing I did want to mention, too, um, because, you know, most of you are y young people may, may not have children. I think um, that the time that you don't have children, or even when you're single, is a very special time as well. Because I know we, we, it kind of sounds like we're, because <laughs> we're like all moms, so, you know, that's all we talk <laughs> about, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I was single, I, you know, I didn't really even care about getting married, actually. I was, like, so independent. <laughs> me, me I was like, who needs men? Yeah. You know, let me just totally take over the world here. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like, though, you know, that a single woman can do so much as well, you know. And before you're married, that time where um, God has, yes, God has a special purpose for you in every chapter of your life. Amen. And that's what I always tell women, because they're just like, oh, I, I want to get married. I think I'm ready to get married. You know, if you start thinking so far, if you're not content with where you're at right now, you'll never be happy. That's what I firmly believe, because you're going to keep thinking about, Something oh, else. when I have, when I'm married, oh, and then, or when I have kids, or when I pay off my student loans, or when, you know, like, you know all these things, you keep looking forward, and you, you can't really be content in, um, in other, you know, where you in are. anything. Yes unless you're content with where you are. And um, I feel that when you're single, you know, while you're studying to, you know, to go to school, I feel like every woman should also, you know, have an education, have some sort of trade, because even with your husband, you don't know, they might lose their job, okay? That's right. And then you, mm -hmm. you're going to be in that position. You don't want to be, like, 
so stuck. In this economy, yes. we were, Magda mm -hmm. and I were looking at some statistics. As a result of the recession, more men have lost their jobs than women. And so a lot of homes that imbalance right. has where it's the woman who's ended up having to go to work and mm -hmm. the man is the one who's having to stay home. Even though that's not the ideal, I think, that we see in scripture. Yeah, you have to. Sort of prophecy, it's the reality that a lot And of even Ellen White with. says that, too, like yeah. that you should have, have a preparation. Have a preparation or yep. trade, you know. Yeah. So I think God calls single women, you know, like while you're in college or whatever, do what your passion is, what the Lord has given to you, whatever it is, you know. Um, and then when that next chapter comes along and you meet a man and you, whatever, you get married, that could change. That you're, that, but you need to be fulfilled. Like during this chapter of my life, I did what I wanted to do, you mm -hmm. know? So that when you get married, you're not like, oh man, I totally got like, like played, <laughs> you know? <laughs> because now I can't do, I lost my life. Yeah. You know, you have to understand that. The, and then, so I was, you know, while we were married, we were still involved with ministry in the campus ministry. I was mm -hmm. teaching. I was doing what I love. And then when I got pregnant, when we decided, you know, um, and that happened, that was the next chapter of my life. And I was content. You know, so just learning as women, I think, to be content in every stage of mm -hmm. your life is important. And if you don't have children, that's fine, too. You know, it's, not everybody <laughs> is called to have children. And sometimes people have children because they just want it. It's a selfish thing yeah. and I don't think that's right either because then you're not really prepared to really give it all if you're not willing to give it all then that's fine just wait you know don't have children you know um, and yeah. do what you're called to do so you know I think one one thing that I would point out on the contentment line I remember when I was like 18 and I read that the best marriages start when a person is 28 to 30 years old that's when you're most likely to stay with your marriage and I was like oh Lord don't let me wait that long but I only got married at 27 and at that time, it was like, whoa, she's an old maid, you know, in a lot of people's minds. My mom was like, yes, somebody finally came along. Take her, take her. You know, especially she's like, why aren't you dating? Date around, find somebody. But, you know, those years were so rich and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I'm so immeasurably glad for that time I had in ministry before I met my husband because I found where my niche was and it ripened me into who I needed to be, both for being a mother and for being a wife. Yes. If my husband and I had met a couple of years before, we would have both run the other way because we weren't the right people for each other at that time. So the Lord led us together at just the right time. He was in Africa. I could never have met him on my own. It was a God thing. And when God brings the right person to you, it's so amazing. I don't think that there's only one person you can marry, but for me... I just said, Lord, I know there may be several godly Christian guys that would meet my standards and I could work well in ministry as a team with, but I want you to pick. You pick the best one and bring him to me. And I really believe he did. Oh, oh you just made something come to my mind. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just wanted, there's one more question I saw. With oh, okay. But go ahead and answer and then. Well, we'll no, I was just to say with regard to that, never make decisions on where to move or where to take a job based on, I think I could find a guy more readily there. Yeah. <laughs> Let the Lord lead you because he can bring someone into your life in the right timing regardless of where you are on this globe, mm -hmm. literally. Uh, you're, again, the idea of being content with where the Lord has you now, living the fullest there, mm -hmm. being obedient to his direction. Don't try to figure out where you're going to find the men. You know, up at Alaska, there's more men than women. You know, forget that. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> All right. I see. <laughs> uh, question. Mm-hmm. 
All right, I, that's a great question, mm -hmm. and I know <laughs> it's a question that developed over time. Because I grew up, I grew up in the Adventist system, K through 12. And then I went to secular university for college as well. And um, the question—I should repeat the question. The question is, what's it, what's the Adventist woman's role? How does she exercise her intelligence and her capabilities in combination with being a woman? Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I think that maybe in part, not a little bit from my Adventist education, but more from, from when I was at the secular university, I didn't, I was never a feminist, like, oh, male bashing, I hate men, whatever, whatever. But I was kind of like, why do we emphasize the differences between men and women mm -hmm. so much? Like, we need to put away, we're all equal, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. This, about a month after I graduated from college, I decided to start reading the Bible through from Genesis again. And in <laughs> Genesis chapter one, when I read, God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. I was like, wait a second, God created both men and women, and he created them both in his image. So, but he created each one different. The differences are something that's important. And now that means I don't know what the differences are. I don't know what makes me a woman. I need to study this out. And to be honest, I'm still studying it. You know, that was about three and a half years ago. I'm still trying to figure everything out, but that was an, an eye-opening experience for me. Like, man, there is something different, man. There's something different about me being a woman, and it gives God glory if I can express my mm -hmm. femininity. I don't think that means I need to degrade my intelligence. That doesn't mean that I need to lower my ambitions or anything, but I need to learn what it means to be a woman. And um, I'm sure these women are all, all have more experience than me, so they'll probably have better answers, but for people who lack the experience in their lives, I read a lot to see what other mm -hmm. people also write. And there's a book called Let Me Be a Woman by Elizabeth Elliot. Mm, it's a very, good very book. good book, very easy to read. She wrote it to her daughter, I think in the 70s or 80s, at the height of second wave feminism. And she's, her daughter's preparing to get married, and she's just telling her, this is what it means to be a woman. This is what it means to enjoy your singleness in these last few days that you're single. This is what it means to be a wife. This is what it means to be a mother. But most of all, this is what it means to be a Christian woman. Mm -hmm. And she's writing it in the face of like this hardcore feminism that in some ways it's, it's ebbing away, but not because it's any less prevalent, but because it's become so prevalent in our society, I think. That, and it was just a very powerful book. And one of the things that she said was, a woman can't expect to do the job as a man should do it. She needs to do it as a woman would do it. So the example she gave was a missionary pilot. And this woman would dress, I guess, in very beautiful, like, womanly clothes, like dresses and scarves and stuff. And people would ask her, she's like, I can't be a pilot trying to be a man. I can be the best pilot that I can be by being a woman. And I'm not saying that means you just, it's the way that you dress, but learning what does it mean to be a woman in the profession that I'm doing, to use those female graces. And um, one more thing I'll say, I took a public speaking class in 
in law school this semester, not taught by Adventists, not taught by Christians, but she, taught, she said something that I thought was very interesting, that women almost have an, uh, a hard time in, in the workforce or in school because on the one hand, if they're not careful, they're deemed little girlish. So we're not deemed as being like a grown-up woman, and, and we downplay our, our credibility in that way. But on the other hand, if we downplay our femininity, like it's almost if we overplay our femininity, we seem like a little girl. But mm -hmm. if we overplay it, then, or now if we underplay it, then we come across either as too masculine or just cold and unemotional, and people don't want to respond to a woman like that. The world is craving for women who are acting like women. Mm -hmm. And so we just need to learn that balance of what it means to be a woman. And honestly, I think as we're converted and as God continues to grow us in the sanctification process, that's really how we learn what it means to be a woman. We can learn different principles from, from other people, but it's, again, through the study of God's word and understanding who did God make me to be because he made you to be a woman, he'll, he'll help you understand what that means. Sure. quickly and then we'll let them let them mm -hmm. go through. I think that the biggest thing that came out in the last the question. Huh, pardon? I'll repeat the question. The question is, is it wrong for an Adventist woman to um, have high ambition to reach high levels of, of success and, and high positions like within, or, within an organization or of leadership, whatever? Um, and I think that what we talked about in the last seminar was this. We need to not so much worry about making a name for ourselves, but making a name for God mm -hmm. and bringing God glory. Mm -hmm. And if God calls us as a result of that to be the president of the organization, praise the Lord. Amen. I think that yeah. he will call some women to do mm -hmm. that. Um, I think that there are high leadership positions that women are capable of doing that it's consistent with the role of women to do mm -hmm. and that they will do well as a result of who God has made them to be. But our ambition needs to be, can I bring God glory in what I am doing? Yeah. And as mm -hmm. we continue to bring him glory, he'll know that he can trust us with those high levels of of um, expectation and again high level could be being a president or it could be being a mother because I I know Ellen White even writes about like mothers have the privilege of changing people who will or of, of raising people who will be leaders of the world mm -hmm. and so you know and anything that God calls us to do we need to realize it's a high calling but he may even call some of us to what the world also calls a high calling Go ahead, Kathy. Well, just uh, directly on that uh, Magda spoke to this uh, the other day also let the striving be to express excellence in everything you do mm -hmm. for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Don't strive for a position. Let the Lord lead you to the position mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. it's not speaking to self. You can, you can know that it's the Lord that puts you there. Mm -hmm. Strive for excellence. Be the woman that God can bless and can use as his channel at every step. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did want to speak also to your previous question. When I went into the medical field, there still were limited numbers of women. And my father uh, 
was truly concerned because for him, the women that he'd seen in medicine were all masculine women. And so for him, it was a scary thing that his daughter would consider that profession. And I do want to say here, now, even still today, if any of you are thinking about medicine, think long time. Make sure that it's the Lord leading you there. Mm-hmm. I would not advise anyone to go into medicine who did not feel directly the Lord's mm-hmm. calling. Mm-hmm. For one thing, it's extremely hard on families. Mm-hmm. For another thing, it's very difficult on your lifestyle, just even getting through the um, residency training. And I think it's very important to be called to that. But it's true for many positions that have different types of challenges. Um, but then if you, if you do realize a calling, we as women need to, in whatever position we are, be excellent, but we don't have to show off the excellence. Mm-hmm. In other words, we will be recognized uh, for that. We can still be feminine, soft-spoken women mm-hmm. that demonstrate excellence mm-hmm. in their position. You know, I, I think I would point out there is a difference between God saying women must always be in submission to men and women in their homes must be in submission to their husbands. Mm -hmm. Those are two hugely different concepts Mm -hmm. and they get too mixed in our culture. People throw out the baby with the bathwater. Women don't need to submit to all men and make sure that the men are always the presidents and the men are always over them and they do whatever the men want to do. But in your home and in your relationship with your husband or with men in general who are interested in you, it's very different. You know, maybe I can illustrate by saying, you know, what woman dreams of someday getting down on one knee and proposing to her husband? (laughs) We don't want to do that. That is a nightmare. That's not a dream come true. If you don't want that, don't start down that path. A secure man will have the courage to pursue a woman. And a secure woman will not have the courage to pursue a man. It's opposite. A secure woman will have the courage to wait Wait. and to not pursue anybody. And if you are pursuing him, he is, you know, no matter whether he finds that attractive or not, he is now letting you take the leadership position. And what makes you think that he's going to be secure in the relationship, knowing the whole time, well, I might not have gone after her if she had not tracked me down and proposed to me. (laughs) And... You're knowing the whole time he might not have gone after me if I hadn't pursued him. You create insecurity in a relationship when a woman pursues the man and the man accepts the woman's advances. A secure man will pursue you. A secure woman will not pursue him. And in that, it's very crystal clear the difference between a man and a woman. When you're in the workplace with somebody who is your co-worker, it's all different. And as long as you can keep those two separate in your mind and your way of relating, I think you'll do fine. All right. I saw one of the gentlemen who came and joined us in the back has a question. Amen. All right. Okay, so his first comment was that he agreed with Kathy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, it's one thing to understand that there is a dynamic, to understand that there is a 
<laughs> and you had a question? The question is, um, I have a certain perspective about young women, like uh, early teens and younger, mm -hmm. and the kind of impression that they get about what it means to be a combative woman. Mm -hmm. So the question is, with the way that society is now and the impressions, the, the stereotypes that there are about women in society, how can we help, especially for younger women, um, young girls, um, early teens and younger, how can we help develop in them a positive idea and image of what womanhood should be, especially as a Seventh-day Adventist woman? Mm -hmm. um, our, Judy doesn't have daughters, but she's a woman. <laughs> I know Nicole has a daughter. Do you have mm -hmm. a daughter also? Yes. Um, uh, to me, again, your most important thing is that you have a mother that's role modeling for the girls or that there's a significant person in their life, whether it's at the school or whatever. I mean, that's, that's how young girls learn, by role modeling. And, and if their role models are their peers that are messed up, they're going to become more messed up like their peers or, or someone's mother who has to act like a teenager. They, they, they need... I really don't know a better answer than, than finding in their own uh, family or school or church some good role models of balanced Adventist Christian women. I think that also kind of goes along with what we were mentioning before, the difference between men and women. You know, Women crave to be adored and loved so much. So it's not like I've never seen a man who's like, I just want to be like, cuddled with and you know I just want a woman who will take care of me you know what I mean <laughs> like, um, you know <laughs> and so you know with 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 women I'm just speaking kind of for myself because my I have three boys and they're younger but you know um, I think the most important thing with women is to feel security and to feel loved and to know how a man should treat her you know and I think a father could do that as well you know I'm glad you're adding that I was okay. thinking that that definitely needed to be added they need a daddy that Yes, but if not, if not, which is, you know, majority, you know, the case in this world, you know, that's where I think the church family steps in, too. That's what I really feel. That's why it's important for us to choose a church, if you can, like I can, because <laughs> my husband's a pastor, but if you can choose a church, you know, and with, with your children or whatever in mind, you know, with a good Sabbath school teacher, I know one of, my one of our friends, she was so transformed. She was really converted through her Sabbath school teacher, you know, or relatives. or You know, the church is so important, um, I think, and the school obviously is so important um, that you have that, that the same ideals that you'd want, even if you can't do it yourself, you know. Uh, can I just add one brief thing? My husband, we used to have, when our children were small at home still, every Sunday after breakfast we had what was called family talk. This is an idea I can really promote. It was a wonderful thing. In family talk, anybody could speak about anything. It might be talking about 
some positive thing at school. It might be talking about, I'm not happy about how this worked. It could be anything. But one of the things we did in Family Talk, we taught etiquette classes to our children. Mm -hmm. And I can remember my husband showing our daughter how to sit with her knees together and how to stoop down to pick something up. I mean, to me, this was positive modeling, teaching her from the man, the, the man showing how important this was to him mm -hmm. and to men, to see the young ladies acting ladylike. Mm -hmm. um, that's just one little idea. <laughs> so I know I've been sitting towards this side. I just want to see, I don't know, was anyone's hand raised on this side? Okay, and then I saw that you have a question too. So, okay, go ahead and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at, at least not for a while, because I'm, I'm 22, so I don't usually have children hanging out. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I'm also in, in law school, so like yourself, I'm also very ambitious, very driven. Um, and I went to public school, and I survived with my face intact. My question, though, mm -hmm. is um, I, as, a, as a law student, I don't know if at this point I want to give up my career to stay at home with my children. I thought about homeschooling, mm -hmm. being in the public school system. I Okay. Mm -hmm. So the question is, after investing all this time in education, not sure if you could give up that career or if you even have as much talent and as, as much um, preparation to be a good mother and a good wife um, if, as being a career. And so how to go, how to speak yeah. to that. Judy will I can totally relate. I can't reform the actually, question, but she'll answer it. Because <laughs> I remember, like, I never, I didn't even know people really stayed home with their kids, actually. Because where I came, you know, like... Like in the Detroit area and then also in the Korean community, we're all immigrants. So everybody worked, okay? It doesn't matter if you work like, you know, my mom worked all night and my dad worked all day. I mean, it wasn't even a thought that one of my parents would not work. Um, so with me, I mean, what I would say to you is, you know, you're not even married yet. Um, so you don't really have, you, should, you don't need to stress about it so much yet, you know. Um, but just stay close to the Lord, and I think he will lead you. Like, I don't think it's a decision you need to make right now, you know, because the Lord has you there um, in law school. You know, if he has called you there, that's what you need to focus on right now. When you get married, this is what I would say. <laughs> this is my bit of marriage counseling. When you get married, be prepared. You know, at that point, you should be prepared in any event that you may get pregnant and become a mom, you know, because some people are like, oh, I'm going to wait five years. Uh -huh. Next thing you know, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And at that point, um, that's when you really need to seek the Lord. When I had my son, my first son, I will say this, like that, that like changed me life so much, you guys. Like I was very, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> I was very independent, okay, and but having that child, and then when you're close to the Lord, it's like, boom, something just clicks right there. And you realize how precious this child, you're, you, like, you know, it changes. It really does change. But for right now, I don't, you don't need to stress about that. I would say, go all the way. You know, there's a quote that I really love, higher than the highest human thought can reach is God's That's ideal for his children, not for his sons, sons mm -hmm. you know. So, I'm serious. <laughs> go for it. You know, go for it all the way. That's where the Lord has led you, you know. Um, and that's awesome that you feel like you don't, like, you're not, you're not, like, trying to find a man or, I, you know, I wish I could have this and this and this. 
You know, I would say, go for it. And when that time comes, you never know. Like, stay cl close to the Lord, and when that time comes, your heart will melt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, there was the comment over here, and then I see a question there. We have about five minutes left, so we'll try to get both of those two in. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I think, yeah, that goes exactly to something that we talked about yesterday. What are the oughts that we ought to do when we're trying to balance, like, what's the way that we're supposed to spend our time? One of those things is we have to stay involved in the local church. Mm -hmm. So even if God called you to be a career woman, you can't be so invested in your career that you don't have time. To, and I'm not just talking about being involved in your local church, you show up for divine hour on Sabbath. Like, get involved with the Sabbath school. Mm -hmm. Get involved with one of the Bible study ministries. For the same reason, so that the other young adults, the other teenagers, the young girls can see you and see what, what God can call other women to do. And it's do. for yourself, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention something to that yeah. question, too, about um, being a mom. You know, <laughs> I was not cut out for parenting. But parenting is cutting me into who I needed to be. It's not what I would have chosen for myself, but I know without any doubt it's what God has chosen for me. If and when you have children, you need to become persons. conscious. Mm -hmm. Just like if you choose to get married, you're giving up a whole lot of other opportunities in life because you and your husband as a team have to make the decisions where to go. When you choose the ministry of parenting, you have to say, whatever ministries, other ministries the Lord may call me into, this is what I know I'm called to do. The other stuff I may be or may not be called to do. So God may or may not call you to homeschool your children. Maybe your child will be the kind that really will benefit from homeschooling, in which case everything else takes second place. With me, I'm not sure. I've never said I am going to homeschool my children all the way through. I've said I'm going to see what schools are around, what my children's personalities are like. My daughter may benefit more from being at a school because then she has older kids who tell her what to do instead of her telling everybody else what to do. <laughs> but I don't know, you know, so you're going to have to figure it out based on your children's personalities, the schools available, what your options are. It's so complicated. But just know that the Lord is already there. He's already working and He will make a plain path for your feet. Did I see that there had been the question? Yeah, go ahead. Repeat so, the question. The question was, how do you maintain your skill set if you choose to stay home mm -hmm. with your children, but you have that idea that once they're grown, either in school or older, and you want to go back to that job or the Lord will call you back, how are you maintaining your skill set now while you're um, taking care of your children? I was going to say, uh, well, personally, in, in medicine, it's, it's pretty scary to think of stopping it altogether, and it's been a blessing that I could keep my fingers into it but never neglecting the children. And the children are either with, with their daddy or with me. Um, so it was very important to me to, to maintain that. Am I rusty? Sure, I'm rusty because I'm not working full-time in the profession. But it's different than a, a complete stop. And 
well, they can speak for themselves, yeah. but they both have definitely maintained their skill sets being utilized in some way uh, during that time while being at home. And you could say, you know, my kids are, are grown. I have a married daughter now, and my son is, uh, you know, up there in, in university studies. Um, but even so, it's been nice being more available to them. I, I chose not to go, of course, that's because I did a lot of shift more into church work, but, um, but I, I've chosen not, still not to go full-time into professional. Could I? Sure, I could. But it's sure been nice to be available to go here and to go there when they had something going on that was significant. So, you know, you don't stop having calls to parenting when they get older. Yeah, I would say, you, you know, if you can, keep up with it as far as, like, going to conferences, mm -hmm. you know, little things weekend here, if your husband can watch the kids or you have a good sitter or whatever, because um, I'm a teacher, and I, my plan is to keep up with my credentials, you know, yeah. to go continue taking classes online, go to conferences, and then it kind of helps for me as well because I, I'm a teacher, and, you know, I have children. It's kind of like a practical, practical job, you know, so I always recommend for women who are really unsure, like, if... If you enjoy, you know, teaching or like the medical field or, you know, anything ministry, it's like it'll all help. You know, it all kind of ties together. But that's not, you know, I'm I'm not downplaying like anything else. Like whatever God calls you to do, like I'm all for women who um, can make a difference, a positive impact in the world. Okay. So we're out of time. I saw that you had a question, but maybe you can come up afterward and and we can talk. Oh, sure. Yes. Absolutely. Good. Very good advice, and I'm mm -hmm. glad that we can end on that note. Titus chapter 2 does have a lot of very practical advice, both as far as um, what men should be, what women should be, and also about mentorship, if I remember correctly. And so go home, study that chapter. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for your time. We really appreciate your questions. I have to run to get on stage, but after we pray, maybe if they're willing, they'll stick around and see if anyone else has. Uh, she has to run to a meeting, but whoever can, can stay. stay. <laughs> we'll stay and answer any other questions you may have, but let's pray before everyone jumps off, and thank you again. Heavenly Father, um, again, thank you for just this discussion that we've had and for bringing answers to some of the questions that that have been stirring in our hearts, Lord. And we just pray that you will help us. We know ultimately, as long as we stay close to you, you'll teach us the women that we need to be, and you'll show us to the different roles that you've called us. And I just ask that you'll make that clear for every woman in this room, whatever stage of life that she's in, whether she's deciding what occupation to pursue, whether she should marry, whether she should have children, or what she should do now as her children are getting older, Lord. I just pray that you give each woman an insight into the direction that you're leading. And I pray that you'll always keep at the forefront of our mind that our ultimate purpose is to bring people closer to you and that you'll help us to fulfill that mission. You'll give us the necessary skills. We thank you again for the gift of your son, Jesus, and that it's through his sacrifice that you save us and also enable us, Lord, in order to do the work that you've given us to do. Please be with us for the rest of this day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This message was produced by GYC a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. GYC seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians in contemporary contexts. To download or purchase other resources like this, or if you have been blessed by GYC and would like to donate, visit gycweb.org.
or email info at gycweb.org. You could also reach us via mail at P.O. Box 3786, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48106. This recording is licensed under Creative Commons. This means you can copy and share it with anyone you'd like. Please attribute this recording to GYC wherever you reuse it. And keep in mind that resale and alteration are strictly prohibited.